eat Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> you would. I mean, it is, it is an absolute classic. That song is yeah. fire. Fire. So um, yeah. I, I have to share, and I'm, I'm mildly ashamed to share this. Um, I heard a really raunchy parody of Jingle Bell Rock a few years ago, and I have not been able to get it out of my head. It ruined the holidays entire season. That's a bold claim. Well, I mean, were there like swingers in it? That's just kind of the direction I'm imagining it um, going. Just, just think about words that rhyme with rock, and it just didn't. Yeah, it it was a little uh, Jingle Bell socks. Jingle bell socks. They're talking about socks that you get. Yeah, it's it's awful. So let's move <laughs> on. So so we sure. uh, we are talking about the holidays today. Since um, yep. this is this is the episode that you listen to in front of the fireplace with a warm bourbon cocktail or the drink of your choice. It sounds really nice. Actually, it does sound really nice. And uh, I do have a bourbon cocktail. You do. I mean, it's just bourbon. Uh, that is the <laughs> perfect bourbon cocktail, right. actually. <laughs> yeah, that's my level of mixology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fireplace is not active at the moment, but you know. Um, yeah. Maybe for a hol- uh, the the second holiday episode, we could do that. So I thought maybe we could kick this show off with some awkward holiday dating stories. Yeah, because, you know, um, the the holidays in general can be a really awkward time, uh, especially yeah. even within your own family, I think. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, but you add the element of your partner's family mm-hmm. into it, and it gets really, really next level awkward. So, I, I mean, uh, so <laughs> yeah. when, when you're thinking about awkward holiday stories, um, mm-hmm. gosh, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, to, to same thing had, jump out to you. Yeah, yeah, I had, we had an awkward holiday moment. So my ex-husband, when he met, this was probably our first Christmas together that he came home with me because we lived in different our families were in different cities, so this was probably the first time that he decided to come home with me for Christmas, and that meant that he was meeting my extended family and just meeting people he'd never met before. So he introduced himself to my grandmother, who at that point was God in her 80s, an elderly woman who has never been afraid to not say what's on her mind. She's, she's never been afraid to say what's on her mind, and she met him like, he introduced himself, and she said, Well, I just think you have the most ridiculous hairstyle. And he was like, okay, that's kind of mean. It's just a rude thing to say to a person the first time you meet somebody. And he already definitely thought, like, I don't want to go back to your family city. There's going to be, like, a bunch of racist Republicans. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I just don't even want to meet your family. And then the first time he met my family, my grandmother told him how ridiculous his hair was. Wow. So he was like, you know, he felt like his point had been proven. But to her credit, she did spend that entire week that we were there trying to catch him on the phone so she could apologize. And she did apologize to him and told him, like, I'm so sorry. It just popped out. I think you're a very cute young man, you know. Oh, man. You know, I feel like that is a topic for 
Uh, that could be a whole nother standalone episode. Uh, and I have actually wanted to um, podcast about this one for a while, but like partners, families in general and, mm-hmm. and like family members. And, and sometimes yeah. you do have family members who have no filter and do say things yes. that, I, I mean, I, I do feel sure. like as I get older, I am becoming your grandma. And <laughs> Just wait you. 50 more years until Ooh. you're like an 85-year-old crotchety, crotchety man. I mean, I feel like I can be pretty grumpy as is. I mean, it, it, but... I feel like it's just going to get better from here. I, yeah, or it worse. depends on who you talk to. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> worse. Uh, so, oh man, you know, I, and I think... So we, we briefly talked about this story as we as we did our pre-episode discussion mm-hmm. uh two minutes of hey what are we actually gonna podcast about today discussion um but one story does jump out on on my end and uh you're just gonna have to act like this is the first time you've heard this story so well, yeah uh yeah so uh, geez i was this was about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and i had been dating someone for uh, a couple of years at that point and um, I would every now and then go spend a few days at her family's house. And uh-huh. I say days because even though she was local, um, it was far enough away that I mm. would have to just drive out there and stay. Okay. Um, so uh, they had a large enough house that um, she essentially had like half of the house to herself. And and we could stay there for days and never see another family member, which is... So weird. Yeah, it, it was really weird looking back on it now. And um, so we went for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went two days before Christmas. And the thought was to stay through Christmas Day and leave the morning after Christmas. So first day there, don't see anyone don't really talk to anyone, you know, outside my then partner. And um, Christmas Eve rolls around. So by then, her her older sister gets in and her brother-in-law gets in. And then she had two older brothers as uh-huh. well. And uh, these older brothers, they just really didn't talk much at all. or uh, And they lived down in the basement, which was honestly is like a whole second house or third house. And, you know, they had their kitchen down there. They had bathrooms down there. They had their video games. And, mm-hmm. and so they had no reason to come out. So they just didn't come out. Well, they joined us at the big kitchen table for uh for for uh for christmas dinner and i am painfully trying to make conversation because had you met them before i had uh but they didn't say much outside of hi and not really making a lot of eye contact yeah when i did see them Ooh. yeah so it's just it's, it's a little weird so uh, the, the, the dinner was super tense and it's near silence and, you know, the dog thankfully came up and I'm trying to talk to the dog, uh, uh just to like break the tension. Uh-huh. 
And the dog got excited and it kind of lunged at me. And when it lunged at me, I swung my hand out across the table. Uh-huh. But I knocked over this full glass of ice water into one of her brother's laps. And it spilled all over him. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, he's just shaking his head. He's not saying anything. He's just oh shaking God. his head. Like, he wanted to kill me. He's, he like, shaking. like a jerk. Oh, I, yeah, I, some might say. Or <laughs> he could be quiet and, you know, have social anxiety. That's true, yeah. It's a possibility. Um, so he just kept shaking his head and... Then he went down into the basement mm-hmm. and never came back. He didn't open presents with us on Christmas Day. He Whoa. just like avoided us for, for the days. rest of the days. So we wow. had several family activities in the middle. Yeah. But then to top it off during that whole moment, her parents wouldn't sit down at the table with us to eat Christmas dinner. What were they doing? They were standing up, eating off of plates in the corner. So, you know, it, it's just, it, it was like a really kind of tense uh, situation that uh, it, it wasn't made any better by... The fact that I was incredibly young and didn't really know how to diffuse awkward situations at that point. Sure. I mean, I feel like, too, in those moments, like, your partner is the go-between between her family and you. So there's a lot of responsibility that your partner has to try to smooth things out. That's I mean, true. I guess if your partner's young, too, like you said, this was early 20s. Younger then, than me at Then that maybe point. everybody just doesn't know what they're doing yet. But... I do think like this is why dating can be awkward around the holidays because you're probably spending time with family who maybe you've never met before or you're just not around very often and things can get weird. So let me ask you this then. Um, When do you feel it's too early to spend a holiday with your partner's family? I think it depends if you are going to be staying there. So... If I had a partner who lived like in California and I was going to have to be staying there for all of the holidays, that would feel a lot different than just maybe we're all in the same city and we go over there for Christmas Eve dinner or something like that. So I would say, well, and I guess that's a good question. Like, I started dating my ex-husband in my really early 20s, so at that point... Things felt like they had a different cadence than maybe things would at this age. You know, at this age, I can see how maybe people might get together and feel really serious really quickly, and then they might want to spend holidays with each other's families. But my last partner, like, my family does Christmas, and it's kind of like my family's only real tradition, except for funerals. We have a lot of, like, culture around funerals, but our only other, like, piece of what makes our family who we are, I think, is Christmas. We have Christmas traditions that we've done the same way my whole life. They're really important to me. It's it's what I feel makes the Christmas season Christmas for me personally. So I want to be there with them for it. And I want my partners to take part too, you know, if it is far enough in that it's not going to be weird. But my last boyfriend just didn't want to. So 
the first year we were dating, we'd been together like 10 months by Christmas. And he didn't like, he just didn't want to come over and do Christmas with my family. And the second year we'd been together almost 10 years and it was the same thing. He didn't want to spend Christmas with my family. And it like hurt my feelings. So I, I, I mean, everyone has different reactions to the holidays Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like that is what gets to be a little awkward along the way, you know, because, um, I always have to remind myself that, okay, this might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal and it's important to your partner yeah. that you do this. So you you, totally. you should. You really should. And I have to admit, I am not huge on the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I am not huge on the holidays because I find it to be kind of a profoundly sad time. Because you're reminded, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but you're reminded about other people and how um, how little they might have. Or it's a reminder to people of what they don't have in their lives. Sure. And and I find that to be, I, I, I find that to be a little sad. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's that. And um, sometimes I, I will say too, there, there has been an issue with, uh, with partners and and their families and um, just the family not being that cool. And you have yeah. to forgive me. I am adjusting my microphone on stands right now. It, it is... looks like you're playing uh, with a pinata or that. What's that like? Bobbing for apples. That game where there's like an apple hanging on a string and you have to like take a bite of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but not that fun because I'm trying not to break this microphone. So, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, I do find, uh, I do find the holidays a little stressful and a little depressing. And I always have to remind myself that in some cases it's not about me mm-hmm. and it's more about, um, what, makes my partner happy as you say you know yeah and holidays feel a lot different for me now that i have kids because similarly it's not about my own experience of the holidays it's more about like my kids experience of the holidays but i feel too like the way that custody works like holidays are an important time for me and sometimes i do have my kids and sometimes i don't have my kids so the times that i don't have them i am very much mindful of you know missing them and not being with them and that does make how I feel about like how my partner and I are during the holidays probably feels higher stakes because like I'm already kind of sad I'm already kind of disappointed you know yeah I do think kids would make holidays a little different and and there's something about I think you know, holidays with kids that brings back the magic of Christmas. Yeah. You know, because I I think back to my childhood and I think about how pumped I was about Christmas and and not being able to sleep on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve and and uh, being so excited. I would just lay in bed and I would think about waking my parents up early as hell like i mean <laughs> yeah. how how annoying is that i mean i would wake them up 
at like 5.30 in the Ooh. morning. How terrible. I mean, I was awful. But then as I got older, I just like stopped and really yeah. lost interest in it. But so I, I do agree with you. It, it does kind of matter where you are with your partner and and what your partner's preferences are as well. Sure. And, and sometimes I, I think your responsibility as a partner is to be mindful about where your partner is at mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their comfort level if they are spending time with your family. You know, if it, you're, you're comfortable with your own family most of the time and and sometimes your partner might not be and I feel like sometimes yeah. it's really easy to overlook that. So you might leave them for a little too long and you <laughs> might leave them with the awkward relative, the yeah. awkward uncle or, you know, extended relative uh, family member that you just, sure. you don't even like talking to. Well, right. Amplify that for yeah. a partner. Oh, a million it's, times. It's right. Yeah, it's a million times worse. My ex used to be like, well, just don't listen to my parents. Like, I don't listen to them. And I said, sure, you can get away with not listening to them because you're their kid. But as a daughter-in-law, I can't be that rude. I mean, I guess I could be, but I didn't feel like it was in my best interest. And I'm not that rude, right? Like, I didn't I want know. to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be that rude. Well, so you asked me when I think is an appropriate time for people to spend holidays together when they're dating. But what do you think? Um, I I, I think. You have to read the situation, and and sometimes, and I know that's not a fun answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, answer to this question might vary, but I, I I really do think you have to read the situation, and and you might have a partner who is, um, who has social anxiety or or is not the best conversationally with uh, with strangers or. Or something like that. And I feel like it's tough for me to give an adequate answer because I've met some parents very early on. Mm -hmm. Um, But just through the nature of my job, I feel like, you know, sometimes it does feel like work to meet new people. Yeah. Um, Actually, it always feels like work to meet new people. And, and, uh, to be quite honest, sometimes I don't want to do it. Um, um, so I, 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 and that's a whole different topic. But, uh, but to answer your question, I really think for the holidays, I wouldn't think of anything before six months, maybe. Yeah. Have you ever spent holidays with somebody earlier than that? Um, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think back, and and it doesn't. I don't, I don't think I have, but you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain the offer has been made by um, a partner's mom in the past for me to uh, to come visit, and that was after four months. Did it feel welcoming? Like, did it feel sweet of her? Did it feel like... I mean, I feel like it is different when it's the mom offering rather than the partner suggesting it. 
Yeah. It, it did feel very welcoming. And, you know, um, in the end, I didn't go because it did feel too early. Yeah. Would it have uh, meant traveling too? Yeah. Well, it meant traveling, you know, traveling, uh, doing some coastal travel. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but it just, it felt too soon. Yeah. So I, I decided not to. And, and you know, looking back, it was for the best. But um yeah i mean it it is very kind though and Mm -hmm. and i don't take offers like that lightly and i i really truly do appreciate it but um i would say just as a guide i wouldn't do anything before six months yeah um because how awkward is it and what's also interesting is how much you've talked to your family previously about this partner so is are you going to pop up with a new partner unannounced? Mm-hmm. I I feel like in my past I couldn't do that. Um let me clarify. My partners could not pop up with me unannounced. In what way? Uh, I will say there was some weird like to your family? Uh to their family. To their family. I, I would say there was some weird race stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, some families have been more welcoming than others, I will say, about yeah. uh, their daughter bringing home a black man, which I don't know if that's ever come up on the podcast before. We I should have this black. podcast. Yeah. Um have have what podcast like we should talk about this like in a bigger picture way on a whole podcast yeah yeah and i i can i can kind of give you a brief rundown but um it it has been an issue before and and families uh uh of previous partners have been very awkward about it and um someone made it oh well one family made it clear that their daughter was not welcome home as long as they were dating me um a grandma that was dying uh said she wasn't speaking to anyone in the family until we broke up and uh so yeah maybe we should get into this in a future podcast but i feel like um you should before you bring this partner home at least have a few conversations with your family to let them know that you're dating someone and you are going to bring someone home. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I talked to my family enough that they, they just know if I'm dating somebody. If it's serious, you know, they've heard about the person already. Yeah. But families are different. Yeah, yeah, definitely are. And um, I, I do think that uh, you, you have to be mindful of that and... and um, and it's something that I hate to even have to mention to people, um, have had to mention to people in the past, like, do your parents know or have you said my name? Because uh-huh. I feel like that's enough of a kind of a tip off that uh, that, yeah. you know, that I am what I am. But um, yeah, so I I don't know. With that being said, um vast majority of partners families have been very welcoming and 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 really kind around the holidays and and like i said i i find the holidays to be pretty depressing but Mm -hmm. it is really refreshing sometimes to be around uh 
other families that do have built-in traditions and things like that. It's so sweet to see as an outsider. Totally, yes. And that's why, I mean, that's part of why. So my ex-husband and I had an arrangement where we switched off whose family we would go to for Christmas. His family lived out of the country. So it wasn't a possibility like most relationships I know of where like, you know, maybe we do your family for Christmas Eve and my family for Christmas Day. You know, it was such extensive travel that there was really only one or the other. So we eventually hit on a compromise where we would switch off. And I felt like Christmas is really the only time I like feel homesick or even want to be with my family. Really, I mean, I enjoy their presence, but it's the only time of year that I feel like... Wait, do you, do you say you enjoy their presence or presence? <laughs> um, presence? Well, I will tell you, my family is the type that my mom once for my birthday gave me a library book with a bookmark already in it and told me when it was due and that I had to get it back to her before it was due because she wasn't finished reading it yet. So um, That was a gift? (laughs) Yes. My family's really funny about presents. One of my sisters-in-law always makes like homemade Baileys. And another sister-in-law makes like hot chocolate mix, and the presents are pretty pretty good. It's like food, booze, and books. I mean, really, that's a winning combination. It really is. It's, yeah. it's the way straight to my heart. Actually, absolutely. Yeah, mine too. Uh, so yes, I do enjoy their presents. But so, Christmas was really. It kind of made me feel sad when I was at his family for Christmas because I have a, a big extended family. We don't get together that often, but we do get together on Christmas. His family is very small. It's just four people. It's him and his sister and his parents. You know, and now his sister's married and we all have kids, but it used to be just so small and it felt so lonely. We would end up going to his family's house for Christmas and just like watching TV together in the living room. And it really made me think about what I was missing. And it didn't feel like I was experiencing other traditions or other like special moments with his family. It just felt like I was like killing an evening with his family. But my family would have had like a fun night. Like uh, like karaoke and... Sure. Probably not karaoke specifically. My family gets drunk and plays board games. On Christmas. I mean, that, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's fun in a nerdy way. That's fun, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, is is there anything else that we should talk about with families? Or I, uh, so, uh, yeah. So we we actually. Well, I am interested in hearing from our listeners if anybody has like awkward holiday partner stories, or just like if you have questions you want to write in with. We do still have a couple months before the holidays start, so we could give you some advice. And what I'm going to do right now is something that I don't recommend uh, uh, you, you guys should do, but I actually set up a Google Voice number that's specifically um, to be used for this podcast. Uh-huh. So I will invite you guys to call and leave a voicemail or text in your stories, your holiday stories. Stories to, and questions. Yeah, stories and questions to the following number. 
9894. And I'm going to leave that that number in the episode description. That's a good idea. Uh, so you guys can take it down. But uh, that is a Google Voice number. So don't think that you are going to bother me. I have the Do Not Disturb turned on for this Google Voice account. So, you know, just don't send me, don't send me dumb things. But uh, once again, if you do have your phone out and handy... It's 314-266-9894. So, uh, yeah, I I do welcome and I am excited to hear your fun holiday stories, traditions, questions. And uh, we will uh, address these on the next holiday episode, I'd say. Um, So... So let's move on to the next topic. And um, let's move on to the... It's actually going to be a lightning round tonight. Uh, so we we have a list of 15 modern dating questions. We won't address all 15 questions tonight. Should we put like a timer on and see like how many can we get through in the next however many minutes? Uh, yeah, so we are currently at... Uh, about half an hour into the episode. So um, what I'm going to do is say in the next half hour, how many of these 15 questions can we get through? Okay. I mean, so the way that we'll do this, I will um, read the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, then one of us will respond. The other will respond. And then if there's anything lingering that we want to address, if we want to call out the other person dramatically call Ooh. them out let's uh, let's do that okay uh, but let's just see how far we can get in in the next uh little bit here so um we're before we get started did any of these uh, you looked at the list that any were like were any of these bad that you want to avoid i should have Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just start from the top then. Okay. So, question one. This nerdy band kid I went to high school with added me on Facebook. Surprise. Ten years later, he's developed into a handsome, successful guy. We exchanged messages and hooked up. Then, after zero interaction for two weeks, I discovered that he deleted me from Facebook. <laughs> what happened? Did I get played by a former band nerd? Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, I, I don't think that I, I, I feel like we need a little more of the backstory here. Yeah. Like, what was their interaction? Mm-hmm. How did they hook up? Was right. this just a come over to my place? Uh, we need the context of those messages. Right. Like, did they go on any dates? Did they spend time together? Was it just like, hey, you look cute. What are you doing tonight? Yeah. And sometimes I, I feel like um, it is uh, very easy to play a situation up in your mind. Yeah. That is a lot different from the reality. So you have to think about those things. Like, did I? Did they take you out for pizza and wings and beer at your favorite sports bar while they could watch the Blues game? Or uh-huh. you know, are they actually putting in effort to 
like take you on a legitimate date. Something that this question made me wonder is does the does the caller have any way to contact him outside of Facebook? Do they ever exchange phone numbers? Or is this like, now we can't even talk at all? Because I feel like that changes the situation too. You know, like maybe he's just locking down his Facebook and maybe, you know, he's getting rid of everybody who isn't like in his top 20. But if this means that he's completely cutting off communication, I do think it's, it would have been better if he'd communicated about it before just blocking. Yeah, and I do feel like there is a, a pretty big failure in to communicate with this situation to start with mm-hmm. from both parties. Yeah. I mean, it takes two to go two weeks of zero contact between right. both. I mean, you shouldn't go, if you're going to, well, who am I to say really? But I feel like if you have a one night stand and then nobody contacts anybody for two weeks, that's basically it. Like you've lost your chance. That's it. Yeah, That's you're it. done. Right. Yeah, you're you are done. Maybe it hurt his feelings that she hadn't gotten back to him in two weeks, and he was like, "You know what?" All his friends were in the background, being like, "You don't need her. You're too good for her." And maybe he still has those insecurities from being yeah. the nerdy band kid, because you know, no matter how you grow up, those things stay with you for a long time. And and maybe he was hurt. Maybe he didn't know how to message the next day. Right. Um, and in that case, he should send us a uh, text or voicemail because <laughs> we will tell him how yeah. he can answer it the next day and, and keep it cool and casual if that's what he desires. Yeah, that's that, that would be a good question to talk about. Like, how can you, if you have had a one night stand, but you want to make it into dating, how can you turn it around? Um, yeah, I think it's time sensitive and I think it's it's tricky. It is. It is. It is very tricky. So let's bookmark that one for a future episode since I know we are in the The lightning lightning round here. This is where I put the sound drop of the lightning crash. I was just thinking. Cool. (laughs) Okay, so question two. Is it bad and or weird to Google or check Facebook for info on a person before a date? By before date, I mean before I've even introduced myself or before I can even confirm that they know that I exist. Wait, what? What does that even mean? What? I don't understand the end of that question, so I'm going to answer it as let's, if that last part's not there. Because yeah, let's make just delete that. Yeah. I hey, think listener, your question's creepy. was not good. Yeah. It's a creepy question. It is. Okay, so yeah, yeah, address it without the creepy I think it's fine if you want to Google somebody before a first date. I think especially for women, it's a good safety measure. I think it makes sense to look up somebody on CaseNet before a first date if you want to, you know, do what it takes to make you feel comfortable. And I agree on this. And, and, you know, it is the age of the interweb. And uh, you, you, you do have to take your safety into mind. And it is good to check up and make sure that, you know, this person is not a sex offender or something right. like that. Or, you know, or maybe this person is into some crazy cult. That, you just never know. Or maybe they're trying to recruit you to, to sell to, or to buy It Works products, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or some eyelashes or something like that. I, you, you don't know. Yep. So I think we're in agreement on that one. Okay. Well, let's go to the next question. Question three. I broke up with my ex 
because he admittedly cheated on me and along with long ass texts begging for me to answer his calls or meet him for five minutes, he sent a hideous crying selfie (gasps) to show how regretful he is. I feel the (laughs) urge to post it online, but I know that's kind of cruel and his friends would see it. Foul play are well-deserved. Well-deserved. Put it on Twitter ASAP. Damn. So, What's your take? Uh, you know, I, I, I've always been more of the, as much as I, in the moment, and I, I have this, I've incorporated this rule on Twitter and social media lately, mm-hmm. uh, but think before I post and oftentimes I will take five minutes to uh, to sit on a post before I actually hit submit um, because I, I feel like those passion posts hmm. are ones that catch up with you later in life or our immediate regret or something like that. It just feels dirty afterwards. The immediate rush that you get never lives up to the long term aspect of it in my mind i think at the very least you should post it in your group chat with your friends i totally agree with the the friend group chat but let me make another mention about how pathetic this x is yeah that is some manipulative in a shitty way that's that is a a really shitbox behavior really truly he made his choices so yeah, I so you know agree. what? I'm proud of the the writer, whoever sent this question. I'm proud of that person for just like cutting it off, not giving him another chance, just ending it. You're done. Period. Yeah, yeah. you're done. So this says, let's move on. Question four in lightning round. What's a good first date idea? You can That's answer the whole question. Longer. That's it. Oh, That's it. <laughs> what's a good? I think they oh. are. They're starting from square one. Okay, yeah. Well, I think it depends, God, so much on, like, where do you live and what age are you and stuff like that. I think it's fun to go to something you've never gone to before, you know, something that is just, like, interesting and a little bit off your beaten path because it gives you something to talk about. I will say a lot of my very best first dates were just, like, wandering the streets of Manhattan at night, popping into places that looked interesting to us, talking. Making out in parks. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I will say, uh, I, I think movies are the best first date. Yeah. Well, really? Like you're I'm making at faces me, at you. Okay, you're, tell you're me making, why. I mean, you, you don't have to talk to each other. You just, I, if it's a good movie, even better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, movies are a terrible first date. So really, my suggestion would be to um, to go back to our last question. Google that person. Figure out what you can about that person's, uh, who they are. Uh, put together almost a little personality profile. So I've, I've done this for friends in the past. And, and I will say uh, it has led to one engagement. But really? I, I planned a first date. How did that first, where did they go? Oh, gosh, it's been so long, I can't remember. But it was like a bar, but I planned it in an area that was kind of what you describe, like walking the streets of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, An area where you could walk to different places throughout the night, because I do believe um, 
you know, that that a little bit of variety is good if you don't have much to offer. <laughs> if you're, if you're in, <laughs> it's like in a personality way? Uh, in like a conversational way. Okay. There are some people who are really good conversationalists and then there are some people who don't really feel comfortable with a lot of conversation. Mm. So I feel like uh, changing your surroundings yeah. a couple times throughout the night will help keep things fresh even and give you new things to talk about like you said even if you don't have much to talk about yeah so i will say at the very least try to plan your date in an area that does that isn't a dead zone you're not going to a bar that is middle of nowhere that i mean it doesn't even sound safe houses yeah surrounded in like a neighborhood you know leave a fun second option if it gets there Sure. Yeah, I like the idea of leaving things open for there to be a second thing without there being already a promise of a second thing. It gives you more options. You just feel it out as it goes and see where you are. If 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 you are in having a good date, then it's it's okay to suggest, hey, you know, there's this there's this band a couple doors down at uh, you know uh, yeah. The jump and jive. Uh, we we should totally go go check them out. You know, I I feel like yeah. something like that. Just be low key about it. Right. I think that can be really fun. I think it can make you look spontaneous, even though you've been googling and planning and you, you planned know. it out. I know. <laughs> yeah, I went on a first date at a grocery store. There was not a second date. I mean, but I got my groceries done. So yeah, was there? I, I was going to ask, did you have a legitimate grocery list? That yeah, you were... so much so that you know, so I don't, I don't have a lot of time for dating since I'm a single mom. So this guy had basically been trying to set something up, you know, and I was trying to set something up too, but I just legitimately don't have very much. I don't have very many free evenings. So there was one night where he was like hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, you know, I'm not really like a first date person on weeknights because I feel like it's it's too rushed. I don't feel like I have the opportunity to like make it a long night if it's going well. You know, I'll be thinking about like work tomorrow or all the things I have to get done. And this was a this was a work night. So I said, oh, I just have, I'm just going to the grocery store and doing some errands tonight. And he said, well, I need to go to the grocery store. What neighborhood do you live in? And he lived close enough to me that we were going to the same grocery store anyway. So he was like, how about this? I'll meet you at the grocery store. And it was a bad date for a lot of reasons. The grocery store part didn't make it a bad date. He himself as a person made it a bad date. But I did go home with my groceries bought. And I got home at a very reasonable hour. And I didn't have to waste a weekend night learning that I didn't want to go on a second date. Um, so that story gives me a lot of anxiety. Like, <laughs> as you're saying, like, we met at the grocery store. I, man, my my stomach just dropped, like, hearing mm-hmm. that. Because I imagine, I imagine a lot of awkwardness to begin with. Like, hey, we're meeting at the grocery store. So, I mean, he, okay, so here's the follow-up question. Did you guys... Go get groceries together. Like, yeah, did you we follow did. aisle to aisle? And it's like, he oh, w- I need these. He was just buying ice cream, so it's not like he had this list of a hundred things. I legitimately had like my week of grocery shopping for me and the kids to do. So he came with me through all of it. I when I am in the grocery store, I am not in a good mood to begin with because I right. hate. 
grocery stores to begin with. And and that brings up our first advertiser of the night, Instacart. So uh, <laughs> They'll with, get in your way at the grocery store. Yeah, but they'll so, bring your groceries straight to your house. That's right. So you don't even have to go on a date to a grocery store. You can have groceries delivered to your house in one hour. How cool is that? That's really cool. So yeah. convenient. I wonder if those Instacart people could be on dates while they're working. They probably could be. Probably could be. Yeah. I used to be a barista, and it felt sometimes like I was on dates while I was working. How so? Well, just that like I ended up meeting people at the cafes where I worked, and like maybe I would take my 10-minute break and just like go talk to one of the customers or something like that. That's nice. It was yeah. I mean, I was like, this was high school and college, so yeah. things were different. At a different time. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to skip one question. I'm going to uh, fast forward as I look at the time. We are under 15 minutes left, so I will move on to question six. Um. Oh, the next two questions are fun ones. So I saw a meme that says when a girl replies with "aw, thanks." It means she's politely asking you to return to the friend zone you just tried escaping from. Nonsense or truth? Reader, do not date anybody. You are not qualified. That, uh, how so? How are they not qualified? I mean, I feel like if you're the kind of person who's already like, I got to escape the friend zone, you know, and you're taking dating advice from memes... You're probably somebody who should just go back and hang out with your creeps on Reddit and not be dating actual real life women. Yeah, um, I I feel like that that does fall into the capital N, capital G, nice guy um, category. And I, I find that category of modern men to be one of the most problematic um, dangerous uh, category right. of men, period, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. Uh, for so many reasons. Right. Uh, it's one thing that I, I feel like that could be a standalone episode. And um, we should talk about nice guys. We should also talk about like loudly proclaiming feminist guys and sex positive guys. Like me, uh, future episode. Yeah, yeah. So let uh, I will uh, have our intern make notes actually okay. uh, for for all of these topics for future episodes. But let's just move on then, uh, because my answer is that's pathetic. Right. Um, and I agree. You are taking dating advice from a meme. Where are you what? finding these memes? What community are you in? Like what? online community are you spending your time in that you're seeing memes like this i would look long and hard about how you're spending your time online and the people you're choosing to associate with and i really think you shouldn't be dating yeah yeah grow up first well i don't think that writer will be writing back in the future (laughs) that's fine with me Uh, yeah i know so okay question seven i know come over and watch movies usually means have sex but what are other signs that it's nothing but a booty call? Hmm. Um, I think a lot of this probably depends on how old you are, you know, and maybe what gender you are. I think if somebody is texting you like late at night, like you up, you know, it's a booty call. If somebody planned something with 
no advance notice at all, or if somebody's trying to like end something and get to a second location, probably a booty call, potentially. Um, yeah, and I, I will agree that uh, look for context clues here. Yeah. Uh, what time are they texting you? Mm-hmm. Is it like a like an eleven o'clock at night text that's just like, hey. It could be as simple as that. Um, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? Yeah. W-Y-D. Right. Right. Y- you know, I, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest indicator. Um, but you know what drives me crazy? And this goes back to uh, some, some modern dating uh, tendencies that, that kind of get on my nerve. And that is the the little notice. So, like, what mm-hmm. are you doing tonight? Right. With, like, maybe 30 minutes heads up. And I feel it's, like it's just not respectful of people's time. You know, I agree. And you know what it also feels like to me is my first plans fell, fell through. Right. So I am going to use you as a backup to backup plans. Mm-hmm. If you want to hang out with me, get at me earlier in the day. Get at, get at right. me when the sun's still up. Uh-huh. And, you know, I feel like, again, uh, cell phones and, and things like that have made this way too easy. Yeah. Because, um, okay, so like back in the day, it was much harder to booty call someone on a landline. actually call them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what what are you, you know, what, what are you up to? Like, so, but then I think about, like, the process. Let's say you had a rotary phone. You get, <laughs> like, halfway through, you know, typing in the number three, mm-hmm. one, for, like, did they booty call in those days? I, I don't I, know. I don't think they did. Booty call on a rotary phone. I mean, what about the days of like a carrier pigeon? Would you like send a message via carrier pi- carrier pigeon? About? Sweet to imagine. Pony yeah. Express. Can you imagine sexting back in those days, like the Civil War era? Like you know how Civil War letters are so romantic. Uh-huh. From part from soldier to partner. Yeah. I mean, sexting back then must be on a whole different level. Hmm. How great. Okay, well, let's move on to the next question, which is I've now dated three consecutive men who wound up cheating, two of which with their exes. Am I making certain mistakes that are causing me to run into the same type of scum again and again? I mean, I guess there's just no way to know, really. A lot of people cheat, you know, like it's not necessarily something about you. It could really just be bad luck. I would say ask your friends. Ask your friends who you know are the kind of friends who will give you the truth even if it hurts and ask them if they saw any red flags. Because maybe there is, maybe you do have some blind spot with this that they were able to see through. Maybe they'll be able to say if it really is something about the type of guy you're choosing to date or if it is just that men are trash. I feel like this is a thing to turn to your friends for. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think about and, and to tie modern technology into it and to get back to a couple of earlier questions, this is something that is assisted by advances in technology. It is way too easy for someone to poke in and out of your life at their convenience, which I feel like uh, leads to cheating sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's like the person getting back in contact or or something like that and it's way too easy for them to start liking your shit on facebook or yeah. or like slide uh-huh. into your dms on twitter or you know or or start liking your instagram posts from like a year ago or you you notice the like in <laughs> your like, linkedin feed uh, yeah yeah, or maybe you notice the like in in your uh, Hawaii 2010 photo album, where it's a picture of you on the beach, and mm-hmm. they're seven years too late, but they liked one of your pictures. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like uh, things like this uh, have only gotten worse with advances in technology because it it removes a lot of the difficulty and it makes things very easy. Right. Yeah. Question nine. Oh, boy. <laughs> if a close friend likes or writes a compliment on one of my ex's pictures on social media, and the only reason they even know each other is through me, am I wrong for being irritated at it? Um, I mean, I guess, like, are you, is this person still friends with your ex? Like, maybe you were together for a long time and you became mutual friends and maybe they're buddies, like... I think there are situations where you shouldn't really be irritated, but I also can see there being situations where it's totally legitimate. And maybe just, you know, talk to your friend and say, like, I need you to take sides here, you know? Like, I had a friend say that to me once, basically, when her marriage was breaking up. And I considered myself friends with both of them, but she said to me, I just, I need you to take sides. And I could respect that. Totally. And uh, sometimes it can feel to be, uh, and it depends on the breakup, what kind right. of breakup it is. How serious the relationship was. Yeah. So I, I feel like that your response is dependent upon the actual relationship and the level that it was at and where it's at now. And and I can see how that would be offensive to someone like damn, you are watching someone, you know, slide in and be like, ooh, nice suit or something like that. No, that's no. That's weird for one, I think. And so it depends on the comment. If it's a simple like, yeah, eh, that's debatable and that's fine. Okay, if they start heart responding to things. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a little... I don't know. So I, I, I feel weird about the heart response in general on Facebook. Uh, when to use it. When is it appropriate for me to use it on people of, like, the opposite, um, opposite gender. Uh, from a different gender, rather. Um, but um, I, I think it's all in how you respond or how this person responds that that will change the 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 answer 
So we have time for a couple more questions. Oh. Do you like this one? <laughs> uh, does someone saying I love you for the first time during sex even count? No, it doesn't. What's your take? <laughs> I laugh because this is just such a ridiculous question. No, I feel it doesn't. Like these questions no. were all written by 19-year-olds. Uh, Do you it, feel like that? I feel like our listener base might skew a little younger. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe well, there are some we need to bring on listening. some older folks onto the show. But... Well, Kathy, I have a treat for you. <gasps> I do have some older folks lined up to come on the podcast in the future. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am interested in hearing your thoughts on this, and then I have a story to share. Uh, this question? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think. Oof. Yeah, I, I I don't think it is uh, an accurate representation of your feelings in the moment because sometimes people do say weird things. And, and um, I think you can disregard it. Maybe it can be a shared laugh later because oftentimes instead of a I love you, it's much more so uh, an I love this. Yeah. So I, I think about times where like, um, my, uh, let's say like as a child, uh, my dad gave me or brought me home some tacos from my favorite Mexican restaurant. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd be like, Ooh, I love you. But in reality, I, I'm just, I, I love these tacos. I mm-hmm. love this. So, uh, it's a slight distinction, but yeah, don't read too much. Into Have you ever had reader. somebody say I love you? First, during sex? No. You're like going back through everybody. I can like see the wheels turning in there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I don't think so. But I I did on a previous episode describe someone who uh, said, I love you on the second date. I totally forget this one and need to go back and listen to some of our podcasts. I had a guy and... Maybe I've talked about this before. I don't remember. A guy who I dated not seriously at all. I was maybe 24. He was younger, so he was maybe like 21. And I was the second person he'd ever had sex with. Mm. And the other person was like his high school girlfriend. So they'd been together for years and years and years. And so I think he was just like, he said, I love you all the time during sex and I was like I don't really even know you like we barely know each other and for me I understood that it was just like habit for him right because the other person the only other person he'd had sex with he did love so maybe it's just kind of like habit and ingrained and it just kind of made me giggle but it also made me pretty uncomfortable and there's something that's a little man it's a little sad too about it like you know it's like is he crying inside a little bit when he says it like, no i don't think so he was like a pretty happy-go-lucky person it's always those that you have to worry about hmm. <clears throat> moving on to the uh what we'll call our last question because we are um sadly running out of time on tonight's episode so this will be our final question of the evening uh, so let's see here. I've been talking to a guy for like four months and we have a lot of arguments about petty stuff. Jeez, these questions. Oh God. 
We have a lot of arguments about petty stuff. If we're constantly having disputes this early in the game, should I be working on a hasty exit strategy as soon as possible? Let's get your take first. Yeah, I mean, if you're having issues four months in, go. Get out. It's not going to get better. Mm -hmm. I feel like four months is long enough that you know what type of person they are. But it's short enough that you can get out without any harm being done. Go get your freedom. Save yourself. Yeah, I agree. It's not, it's not getting writer. better for... Like, if you're already seeing problems, they're just going to get worse. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a pretty big red flag, too. Because Huge. that's... I mean, that's early in the honeymoon period. I mean, right. at this point, you're still... You still like seeing each other. There's still things you're learning about each other. Basic things. Yeah. Like like middle names. Do they have siblings? All kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that stuff takes a while. And uh, maybe this this, uh, writer feels like someone who is uh, breaking that six-month holiday rule that we talked about earlier. And they are the type to invite this partner after one month. <sighs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think with that, that that buzzer uh, signals the end of our time together on this podcast, but uh, this special holiday podcast. But I just have to say how nice it is to be able to sit down and podcast again. It's been really lovely. Happy holidays, listeners. Yeah, Merry Christmas, but you know, there there will be episodes between now and Christmas. Let's, <laughs> let's not yeah. make it this long. So we will have a second holiday episode. And once again, just as a reminder, I am going to read this number once more and then put it in the comments. But call or text 314-266-9894. And thanks again for listening, and we will have another episode very soon. Good night. And, oh, I I, I have to say, um, oh, what is it? Uh, I would always swipe right on you, lovely listener. We're going to have some shirts made with that catchphrase on it. I would always swipe right on you. But just know that, and thanks for listening.